0: got a bunch of stuff to jump into, but before we do that, let's just go to the Lord in prayer one more time. Can you do that? Can we just bow our heads and uh, we'll we'll just go to the Lord in prayer. God, uh, we just come to you right now, and uh, in the busyness of all that's happening, um, we just pray in this moment, God, that you still our hearts and still our minds. And God, that you help us to look to you. God, it's so exciting just to see all the things that you're doing in this church and all the things that you're doing in individual lives and all the things that are happening in this community. God, it's exciting. There's nothing more exciting than jumping into your word and having you, the creator of the universe, speak to us. And God, I pray in this moment that that's what happens. And we don't just have a Bible study, that we don't just... Have a fun moment where we just kind of say that was a good message, but God, that we encounter and experience the living God. God, that no matter where we are in our relationship with you, God, that today we leave this place unable to deny your presence, your power, and your love for us. So we thank you for that, Father. And we, God, we thank you that you're Helping things in the universe get set right, and that there's a sense of excitement and that things are starting to be okay because football has started. So, God, we thank you for that. We look forward to the season in the name of Jesus. Amen. Anybody with me on that? Come on. Come on, right? Training camps opened up. I don't know if you noticed or not, but Dallas was the first one to start training camps. They need the most practice out of everybody. And so. <laughs> They had to get started a little sooner, try to beat the... Uh, any Dallas fans out there? I know Sarah. Oh, there's another one right there. I know. <laughs> That's right. We talked about that one time. Uh, dangerous territory. Dangerous territory for you. Anybody think that our RG3's got it in this year? He's going to have a big comeback. Anybody? No faith? All right. Well, there we go. We'll see what happens there. Well, uh, if you don't know, my name is uh, Jamie and I'm the campus pastor here at Williamsburg and um, for our guest today, we just welcome you and uh, for those of you who are part of this church, thank you so much for being here today as we continue on in our sermon series called Rescued. Uh, We're going to continue this on out through the rest of September and uh, or through August and um, I'm just excited about it. It's been a fun series so far, Um, just the things that God's done in my heart and just challenged me and just showed me um, of his amazing love for me, and his amazing love for his church, and uh, it's encouraged me just to be that much more passionate about people discovering him as well, and that's what this sermon series is about. We've titled it Rescued, and the reason we've titled it Rescued is because each one of us needs to be rescued. We need to be rescued from ourselves, and we need to be rescued from our sin, that sin is real, and that if we do not surrender to Christ, that we will live life apart from him, not only now, but for all of eternity. And that he has come to rescue us so that we can be in right relationship with God. And because he's rescued us, he's called us to rescue others. And so those that are rescued are rescuers. And so uh, that's what we've been talking about. We've been going through and looking at uh, some movies to help tie in illustrations. And uh, some weeks it's been better movies than others. They've been all great movies, but some of them have been tie-ins um, that have been better than others. And uh, But it's been fun uh, just to go through and just to do that. And looking at different stories in the Bible of individuals and how God rescued them. And uh, so we're going to continue with that today in this series um, as we do that. And um, as I was getting ready for this sermon this week, it was kind of fun just because uh, I was just praying and just um, you know God, what do you have for us and what verse do you want? And I v- felt like He just began to speak to me and just as the week went on, it was just like, yep, that's what you got for us. Yep, that's what you got for us. I just love how that works out. It even started working out in my own life personally uh, with Brayden. Man, um, he's just uh, Brayden's my son. He's nine years old, and um, if you haven't met Braden yet, you'll meet him. He's running around like a crazy kid today uh, in a tank top, and he's just embracing summer for all it is, right? And um, he's. Uh, uh, he's just a fun kid who loves life, and he just lives life full on. And um, this week, we were sitting there, and we were just talking and just hanging out just a little bit in the moments that we had, and, and uh, he just kind of just stopped, and he just looked at me, and he's just like, Dad, you just work a lot, and you're just always busy, and I just, Dad, why are, you know, like, I just don't know why you always put things before me, right? man, nine-year-olds know how to do it, don't they, right? They got real sharp knives, right? I mean, your kids just know how to give it to you, right? And I was just like, oh, gosh, that felt awesome. But I'd already been planning, right? And he didn't even know it, and I loved it because I'd already been planning um, a time for us this week, right? I had set up my schedule and worked things out so that on Friday... I could have what I kept saying all week long was my most important meeting of the week coming up. And I didn't tell him what it was, and I didn't tell him what was taking place or anything like that. And then Thursday night came, and, and, uh, and I loved it because I planned it before he even said that, right? And then he says that to me, and I'm like, I know this is, this is good. This is good. We're supposed to be doing this week. And so then Thursday night came, and he's just like, so you got a meeting tomorrow? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, can I stay home, though, like by myself, you know, while you're at the meeting? And I was just like, well, I don't know, dude. Why don't you just come with me to the meeting? And you can just sit there and play on the iPad, you know, and whatever else? And I'll get you a coffee, and he's like, okay, cool, that sounds like fun, right, and um, so he's like, let's do that, so then we're driving, and as we're driving down the road, we're going down 60, and then he, we drive by Starbucks, right, and then he goes, dad, we just passed Starbucks, like, what are you doing, you know, and uh, he, and then he looks up, and he goes, oh, well, we're going to Bush Gardens, right, and I was like, yeah, we are, and he goes, okay, whatever, right, just completely oblivious, I was like, no, seriously, we're going to Bush Gardens, and he's like, just staring at me, right? <laughs> and then once he sees the point where there's like no return, right? Like you just say, he goes, for real? We're going to Bush Gardens right now? Like for real? And I'm like, yeah. And he goes, I brought the iPad for no reason. And I'm like, yeah, you brought the iPad for no reason. And so, um, so we pull into Busch Gardens, and so I had planned it so that him and I could just have our afternoon together and just, you know, just focus on him and just let him know. Like, I just told him, I was like, buddy, I just want you to know that your dad puts you first, right? That he's always mindful of you, and that I choose you. I just want you to know that. And so that's why this has been my most important meeting of the day. And so we go in there, and it was big for him because he's been wanting to ride roller coasters, right? And the Lot in This Monster was my first roller. So he wanted to make that his first roller coaster with me, right? Because he's super sweet and just like sentimental and I love it, right? And so he's like, I don't want to ride a roller coaster until so I ride it with you. And so but he's super nervous about it. You know, I was super nervous. And so we walk into the bush gardens and as soon as we walk in, we walk straight to the Loch Ness Monster, and there's no one there. So we like walk straight up, right? There's like two people in front of us, and he's like Oh, there's not even a line, Dad. <laughs> and I'm like, no, there's not, and so we're standing there, and he's like standing in front of me, and he's just right in front of me, and um, he looks up at me. And he's like, Dad, please hold me, and I was like, okay. And I love it because he's nine and he just doesn't even care. And I was like, this is awesome. So he puts my arms around him. And so I'm just like this. And I feel his little heart in his chest just like, I mean, it's just like literally like I, I kept looking at his shirt. I was like, is it moving his shirt? Because this thing is like pounding. And uh, he's just sitting there and he's just holding on my hands. And there's a little squirrel that kept running through and entertaining us all. And so he found that interesting for about four seconds, which is amazing because he loves squirrels, right? And so, um, and so he's just like just distracted and for a second, but focused, And so we get on the roller coaster and we sit down on the seat right and we put the harness on and he's just like can i hold your hand the whole ride and i was like you can hold my hand right and uh so he grabs my hand and then he's sitting there and he holds it he goes no you know what i want to hold on to this i feel safer and i was like (laughs) okay all right whatever you need but whatever you need right and so uh so we're sitting there and just holding on to the things you know and and uh so he's like he's like okay so what happens first and i was like well we're gonna go up this big hill, we're going to hear a lot of clinking and a lot of noise and stuff like that, and then it's going to be kind of smooth for a second, and then we're going to put our hands in the air, and we're going to say, this is awesome, right? And he's just like, okay, we'll just do this part right now, okay? And I was like, that's fine, that's fine. All right, so we're going to climb a hill, right? So we start climbing the hill, and then we come around, and I'm looking at him, and I'm like, are you ready? You ready, buddy? He's just like, you ready? Well, you don't have a choice. So just choose to enjoy it, right, you're here. All right? And so he's just like, okay. And so we go around and we go down the hill. And we're like halfway down the hill. And he goes, this is awesome. And I was like, yes. And then he was scared to death of the loops. That's why he didn't want to do it. But then he's like, i got to overcome it. So then we come to the loops, right? And he's just like, is this the loop? Is this the loop? And I'm like, it's this loop. He's like, okay, okay. And then we're like halfway through the loop. He's like, this is awesome. And then we get off the ride. And he's like, dad, this is the greatest thing in the world. Why in the world did I ever not want to do this? And I was like, I don't know. I was trying to tell you. He was like, why don't I trust you? And I was like, I don't know. I keep trying to tell you that I'm pretty smart. You know, and he's just like, I should trust you. I was like, right? You know? And so, so we go through and he's like, let's do another one. So we went and we ended up like on six different rides and he was just having a blast and all this It was so much fun. And uh, it was just such a great experience, and I just loved the moment because I loved how God was orchestrating the whole thing. Just in my heart, like I was just sensing I need to give him some attention. I need to notice him. I need to show him something intentionally and specifically, and he was at this place where I need it, and he felt comfortable to say that, and we were just, my schedule worked out so that all could happen, and it was just beautiful how all those things came together, and we were able to experience our relationship in a new and a unique way, together. And not only that, but as we went through the day, I was able to talk to him and just encourage him. And I was like, buddy, you know one of the things that I wanted to do in this moment is, is I want you to know, and I love how God worked it out, because you were desperate for time with me. And I just want you to know that just as I chose and set aside time to look at you and to love you, that God does the same thing. There's going to be moments in your life where you feel desperate and alone. And God's going to embrace you, and he's going to call out to you, and he's going to look to you. As if you're the only person in the world, and you're gonna feel God screaming, "I." And there's going to be moments where you're just like, this is awesome. What you thought was meant for your harm and what you thought was going to be something that would cause you fear, it's going to be a moment where you're going to be able to celebrate God. And you're going to be able to walk away victorious. And you're going to be able to walk away saying, I can do this. And not only can I do this, but I can live this life with an expectation that God called me to something amazing. Man, it was such a cool moment. And I loved it even more because what God was laying on my heart for the church and for today, for today's message, that it's the same thing that as we look at this and we look at the stories of these individuals being rescued, that when we look at it, we can oftentimes we say, well, yeah, he rescued them, and yeah, he, he pulled them out of their spot. And I can see a correlation how he can maybe rescue me. And there's still moments of doubt and there's moments of fear. And I think there's a big aspect of what God is saying is, is that just as we talked about last week we looked at Zacchaeus and how Zacchaeus was in the tree and, and Jesus was walking in the crowd and how intense the moment was and it was a crazy moment and situation as, as Zacchaeus is in the tree and Jesus is coming around. It was super intense and, 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 and in that moment Jesus who's on his way to be crucified, being pressed by thousands of people in the middle of the Middle East, heat, desert, no showers right, all of that. Jesus stops and notices one man in a tree and calls him out by name, and that God knows you and that he loves you and he calls you by name and that he sees you and he knows your situations and that you've got your reasons, but he's got his plan, and his plans to lavish his love on you. And I think and that oftentimes if you've ever been a part of church and you've heard messages, you can say, I get that, and I can see that, and there's been moments that I've even seen that in my own life, but yet there's still times that we find ourselves still questioning that. We find ourselves just still wondering, man, does God love me? Is he here for me? You know, so as we've going through this sermon series and just talking about different movies, one of the, the movies I thought about this week is I was like, you know what, I'm going to do this movie. And it was funny because actually your son, um, your youngest son, just tweeted about this movie and how awful it was. And I was laughing really hard. Um, but we're going to uh, talk about the Lego movie today. <laughs> All right, the Lego movie. How many of you seen the Lego movie? All right. Alright, you need if you haven't seen the Lego movie, you need to go see the Lego movie. Alright? Because this this movie, um, Ethan Ethan tweeted, he said, This is the dumbest movie I've ever seen in my life. All right? And uh which which was hysterical to me. And I was like, you know what, it is pretty stupid, but it's pretty awesome at the same time, right? <laughs> Maybe because I have a nine year old, it was super awesome. Um, but you know, it's it's Completely ridiculous. If you ever just need a mindless moment where you literally can go flatline in your brain for a little while, right? (laughs) And just forget that anything exists and then just be refreshed by that, this is the movie for you. All right? But it is, it's a powerful story at the same time. It's ridiculous throughout the whole thing, right? People be trying try the little Lego people trying to be saved from super glue, right? And all this different stuff, and, and a piece of bubblegum traps Superman, right? Um, which was just awesome, right? Just shows that Superman's not the greatest superhero. I'm just saying. Um, and so the, this movie, I love it because it tells this incredibly in depth story of what we all face. So you got this little guy right here in the front right here that's running with his face scared, and you can see Batman right here, who is one of the greatest superheroes of all time, and you see Batman right there, and and this is his friend, and you can see all these crazy different people, and throughout the whole movie, they bring in every, like, Lego piece that you could ever imagine, and every character, every superhero, and all this different stuff, and this guy right here is what we would call a nobody. Nobody knows who he is. Nobody knows what he's doing. Um, He's just going through life, and he's just doing what he's supposed to do, right? He's just doing his little construction job. He's got his manual for life, and he's just reading his manual for life, and he does it every single day without asking any questions, and he's just, nobody notices him. Nobody cares about him. Nobody would miss him. That's who he is, and he ends up becoming a hero of the story, and what I love about this is is that It just goes through, and it's not just like what can one person do, but the story becomes about when something significant happens in a person's life, and they come together with others with the same goal, what can happen through a group of people, right? That's what the story's about. And I think oftentimes when we end up in places where we question and say, I feel alone, and and does God care for me, and does God want to rescue me, and we go back and forth in these moments of like, where am I at, and where's God, that we forget that this thing is not just about me, but this thing's about us, his church, right? This thing's about us, his church, showing him to this world. And so what we're going to do today is we're going to look at a character in the Bible today, and uh, this character that we're going to look at today is not just a character, but it's many characters, and uh, so if you will turn your Bibles, I'm not going to have this on the screen, but I'm just going to hit a couple of verses, and then we'll hit our main text today, but in Acts chapter 1, you can join me there, or you can just listen to my eloquent voice as I read this in Acts chapter 1, verse 1, in my first book, I told you, Theophilus, about everything Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving his chosen apostles further instructions through the Holy Spirit. During the 40 days after his crucifixion, he appeared to the apostles from time to time and he proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive and he talked to them about the kingdom of God. Verse 14, they all met together and they were Constantly unified in prayer, verse chapter two verse one. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven, like a roaring of mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then, what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone presented was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages, as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. Chapter 2, verse 42, all believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship and sharing in meals and to prayer. Verse 46, and this is the last one, they worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. And for our main text today, I'll read this as well. It's going to be in Galatians, and it'll be up on the screen as well, but Galatians chapter 1, verse 4, Jesus gave his life for... Everybody say our Our. sins, just as God our Father planned in order to rescue us. Everyone say us. us from this evil world in which we live. All glory to God forever and ever. Amen. And today the character that we're talking about is us, that Jesus came and rescued us. And I think oftentimes what happens is is that we go through life and we focus on these things and we look for these individual moments. We look for these moments where I can be noticed. And we look for these moments where I can find out who I am and I can. And we go through and we just try to look at us. And we look for Jesus to fix us. And we look at the story backwards if we look at it that way. Because yes, Jesus knows you, and Jesus came to rescue you. He knows you by name, he knows you intimately. He knows every hair on your head, which David and I, it's way easier for him to do, but he knows you, and he loves you. He cares for you deeply. And he came for you and I, and just as last week as I challenge you, you have to see the personal realization that he came to save you and that he loves you. You have to at the same time understand that he came to save us, to rescue us, that we are a part of something that is bigger than us. We're a part of something that is bigger than just you and me, my individual dreams, and my individual preferences. It's bigger than just my likes and dislikes. It's bigger than just who I'm with and what I've experienced. It's bigger than any of that. He has saved me, and he has rescued me so that I can be a part of his kingdom. You know what his kingdom is? Us. (laughs) That's his kingdom. He's rescued us. He saved us from our sins. And he came and he rescued us, and he loves us. And he's helped us to be able to know him, experience him, love him, do life with him, and see what he has for us as we do life as us. He came and he rescued us. One of the hardest things we do is to have relationship, right? It's it's hard, right? Relationships are hard. They're messy, right? How many relationships come naturally to you, right? Okay, right? no hands, right? Okay? They don't, right? Sometimes we can get along with people easily, but after a couple weeks, we're like, yeah, I don't know if I really like them or not, right? Relationships, they take time, and, and it takes a lot of work and a lot of energy. They get messy. But as we get to know somebody, they can pull things out of us that we would never otherwise see. And he came and he rescued us, not so that we would be alone on some island, not so that we would just kind of drift through this world, but so that we could literally be a part of what it is that he's doing, that he's planned for all of eternity. And so as we look at this verse, we can see a couple of different things, how this affects us and what this does for us. First thing we can see as we look here at Galatians chapter 1, verse 4, is that we can see he is a willing hero. He's a willing, willing hero. See, he voluntarily gave himself. Jesus voluntarily gave himself. Nobody forced him to come and to be the savior of the world. God wasn't up there with a whiteboard writing on there and just had a list of names. Here's the top 10 people I think could do this. Who do you guys think, right? He wasn't up there doing that. Jesus, in his deep, intimate love for God, in his deep, intimate love for us, said, me without ever being asked, without ever being pointed to, said, me, I want to give it all. I want to do this thing. And he willingly came. He's a willing hero. And as he is willing, we have to be willing. Listen, as we go out through life, we can try to do life on our own, or we can know that we have people that love us deeply, that care for us deeply, that want to walk out life with us and just do life with us. Just as Brayden knows that his moments in life are not just for him to figure out, but that he's got a dad who loves him like crazy. You have the same thing. You've got a dad that loves you, but he's not just a far distant God that can't be known. He's a close God that can be known because he's given you people to do life with who are experiencing him, knowing him, walking with him, and as you get to know each other, you get to know more of who God is because he came and rescued us, each individually, knowing that we had our best as we came together. In the movie, the Lego movie, one of the things I love about it is not only was he a a, a nobody, not only was he somebody who couldn't do anything and just had, unless it had a rule book, But when it came down to it, when they truly needed to be rescued and everything was coming down to this moment where everything was falling apart, what they needed was not somebody who had this ingenious idea, but what they needed was somebody who could pull them all together, that could orchestrate and coordinate all their unique gifts and abilities together so that they could do what was necessary to be done. And a lot of times we could try to do things on our own because it's easier to do them on our own sometimes and it's easier to run out and say, you know what, he rescued me and I've got to champion this thing and then we get tired and then we get stressed. And I'm telling you, just don't do that because you don't have to. He came willingly and he came, man, he came with just all intensity to just say, I love you and I know you but I'm saving you not just from yourself and not just from your sins but I'm saving you to something. I'm saving you to my love and I'm saving you to a life that I've destined for you, and it's one that you get to do with other people, and as you connect with other people, and as you get to know other people, you are going to bring out the best for me that you each have, and you're going to be able to experience what I have for you and do what is necessary to be done, and that means as we do life with people that it's going to be challenging, right, that we're going to not like people that we stand next to, right? That there's going to be moments of conflict, that there's going to be moments where things are just not necessarily going the way they're supposed to go. We're just like, ah, this isn't fun. But you know what? We get to do life with each other. We get to bring our best out of each other. And as we do that, we get to see that he came and rescued us from our sins. And just as he willingly came and voluntarily came to give of himself, we have to willingly run into the life that he's given us and willingly say, I don't know what it's going to cost me, and I don't know what it's going to be like, and I don't know the conversations I'm going to have to have, but I'm willing to do them because I want more of Jesus. He gave himself willingly, I'm willing to give myself willingly. He is a willing hero. Secondly, we can see that he is a generous hero. He is an absolutely generous hero. See, Jesus, who's in heaven, who is there in heaven, enjoying all things, the hope of what we want to go to, right, heaven, right? Even if people wouldn't call themselves to be Christians, if they're in another faith, they want to go to heaven, right? If, if they're not even saved, they don't care about who God is, or even care, God cares about, they want to go to a better place, right? We all have this desire that we want to go there. Jesus, in that place that we all want to be at, is there, and he gives up everything and comes after us voluntarily so that we could have everything. In 1 Corinthians, it says this. In 1 Corinthians, he says, 2 uh, Corinthians, sorry, chapter eight, verse nine, it says, you know the generous grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that by his poverty he could make you rich. Not rich in the things of this world, but rich in the things of God. He was generous. He came and gave everything so that we could have everything. He was a generous God, and because he was generous, we are to be generous. And so if we look at life in the grand scheme of things, and we look at how we're supposed to live our our lives as rescued people, and we're supposed to do life as a church, if he was generous, then we are to be generous as well. That he's called us to do life together, to rub shoulders with people, that as we're rubbing shoulders, we're able to pull each other's best out, that we're able to see things about each other that we could not see on our own, that we're able to experience God on new levels, that there's moments of trials, and there's moments where things just really suck. Am I allowed to say that this morning? Is that okay? Things just really suck, and we're in that moment, but yet we have somebody come alongside of us, and we're saying, oh, you know what? This is awesome, and we can let go of what we hold on to security, and we can hold on to Jesus and thorough arms arms open to what he has because somebody came in and we were willing to do that, and we are able to see how generous, how full, and how amazing God is. Spurgeon says this, he says, in a long scheme of things that I didn't want to read to you because it was crazy long and in some different language, but he says, this thought also enters into our idea of salvation. To be saved means that we are rescued from the slavery of sin. And brought into the delightful liberty of the servants of God. Man, he was a generous God. And so we're to be generous. And what does it look like to be generous? What does it look like as a rescued person to be generous as he was generous? It means to come as Jesus came. Jesus came as a servant. He came as a servant. It says this in Matthew chapter 20, verse 28, for even the Son of Man came not to be served but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. Luke chapter 22, if you're taking notes, you can just write these down and go read them later on. But Luke chapter 22, verse 27, who is more important? The one who sits at the table, and this is Jesus talking, or the one who serves? The one who sits at the table, of course, but not here. Not in this kingdom that I'm building. Not in this place that I'm at. Not what I'm calling you to. Not here. For I am among you as one who serves. In Titus chapter 2, verse 14, he gave his life to free us from every kind of sin, to cleanse us, and to make us his very own people. Why? So that we can be totally committed to doing good deeds. And he saved us. so that we can do life together as us, so that we don't have to do life alone. We have been rescued, each one of us, not just individually so that we can be isolated, but we've been rescued individually so that we can be a body, so that we can be one functioning group, so that we can be interacting together, serving together, loving each other in spite of all of our mess and yuckiness and craziness, and we can be chasing after each other. And as we do that, we help each other to see God more and more and more in our own lives, and as we do that, guess what, the world gets to see more and more of who Jesus is. And we do it by doing what Jesus did, by serving, by serving each other. We serve each other in the church by loving each other. And I love, like last week, I was sitting here and I was getting ready to preach last week, and as I was getting ready to preach, all of a sudden, just out of nowhere, the songs are wrapping up, and all of a sudden, of nowhere, literally, my, vo- my, my throat started clamping up. Like, I literally felt like I could not breathe. And I was like, what is happening right now? And I knew I wasn't alone, and, and I knew that, and I could just call out to God, but you know what? More miraculously, I'm not alone because I'm with people. I just, without even thinking, turned around, walked to the back, and I said, Mike, Pray for me, dude. I don't know what's going on in my throat. Mike laid his hands on me and he prayed for me in that moment. I'm not alone. We get to serve each other and going to God with our needs and our situations. We're able to love each other in moments like this. You are able to serve those that you get to do life with by just encouraging them, praying for them, lifting them up, going over and dropping coffee. I know Michelle got to do that for Stacia this week because a kid puked in the car, right? That's doing life. That's how you serve each other. That's how you love each other you do that, guess what? You're not saying, oh, look at that person. You're saying, look at Jesus. And you get to say, man, I can love Jesus as much as they love Jesus. And man, I get to see in this moment who Jesus is, and it makes you better, and it makes you stronger, and helps you to go and do what he's called you to do. You're able to walk out, and you're able to be confident that you're not in this life alone. You're not isolated, you're not just sitting there fighting some battle on your own, but you're fighting a battle with others that God's called you to do life with. And you do life together by serving each other. You do life by serving at every moment and every opportunity you have. I mean, one of the reasons I love, honestly, the situation we're in as a church, as a set up and tear down church, is because we get to serve together and do life together. I absolutely love it. It creates unique moments that we could not have otherwise. And Jonathan, Soul, and I last night, as we were laying on the carpets doing things, we were laughing and cracking up and having conversations that we probably never would have had sitting around a table, but we had them as we were serving together. And then we started talking about how we were not just having a moment where we were just serving together and it brought us together, but it, got, it, it opened our eyes up to what God is doing in that moment as we're laying carpets and putting up curtains that we're serving God in his grand scheme because we don't know what he's got having what he's got for today right And that we're part of this big picture and who knows what he's gonna do in somebody's heart today and the impact that that has on eternity God is orchestrating all these little details together and it's our moment it's our opportunity to say he came and rescued me not just so that I could be okay and everything's fine but he rescued us there's a bigger picture going on that he's brought us together so that he will be known and as I love his children, and as I love his family, and as I serve his family, man, he gets to be known and he gets to be seen. And I get to experience more of who he is, and I get to know more who, if, who he is. Spurgeon goes on and he says this, he says, the very service itself becomes rest to our souls. I know not how, and this is what I was talking about, it's a different language, he talks like this a lot. I know not how. Some of us would have any rest on earth if we could not employ our daily lives in the service of Christ. And the rest of heaven is never to be pictured as idleness, but as constantly being permitted to high privilege of serving the Lord. One of the things I loved about Brayden in the moment that we had with Brayden this week is is that as I was talking to him and as as we were going through the moment and and just saying, hey, I love you and I care for you and I notice you and I'm here for you and I'm speaking those things to him. Brayden did not internalize that and he didn't become selfish and look at himself and run home and say, you know what, Riley, guess what dad did for me? Because we walked through that moment, I helped him to grow and helped him to mature in that moment and that's what God does for us. We go through, and as we're doing life together, and if we have a mindset that says, I want to serve somebody else. I want to give everything I can for somebody else because God gave everything he could for me. As we have that mindset, God matures us, and he grows us, and he shows us how to be stronger in our faith with him. So I'm speaking to Braden. and I'm telling him, don't go home. Don't rub this in your sister's face. If I hear one word of Ryland, guess what I got to do? Telling you, son, all the joy you had All afternoon will be ended in one second. Don't you dare. So it was a moment of maturing. It was a moment of talk, but he got home because I told him, I said, I'm going to do the same thing for Rylan soon because I want to have this moment with her. And so he went home, and he walked up to mom, and he goes, mom, does Rylan know? And she goes, yes, she does. And he goes, Rylan, guess what? I had the best time in the world with dad, and you get to have the best time in the world with him next week. Isn't that awesome? I'm telling you, it was the best day of my life. You're going to have the best day of your life. That's what happens when we encounter a generous God. Man, I'm not a great father, right? And I don't do things perfectly, and I don't, I don't, I make a lot of mistakes, right? God never makes mistakes. He's perfect. And he loves us generously. As good as that moment was with my son, and as much as I cherished that moment where he was expressing his love for me and sharing his joy with his sister, as much as good as that happened out of this imperfect person, how much greater can it be with a perfect God's love? As we come encounter with a generous God who loves us deeply and knows us individually but then calls us into relationship so that we can do life together, so that we can serve each other, so that we might know him more and do more for him, so that others can know him, we grow in our own faith and we cannot grow alone. The growth that happens in us has to happen in other people. So if it's internal, if it's never external, I just want to throw out to you, stop and pause and say, what gospel did I receive? Because the gospel of Jesus Christ is never one that can be contained. When you experience his generous, amazing, amazing, compassionate, loving, lavished love. When you walk into the goodness of who God is, you can't help but go and say, do you know? Do you know? Do you know what happened? Do you know what happened to me? It can happen to you. You can't help but scream of who God is, because he's a generous God, and as he is generous, we are to be generous, and we're generous in our service to others. And as we're generous in our service to others, we grow in God, and as we grow in God, guess what? Others grow in God. And guess what? As others grow in God, guess who grows in God? He's called us to be a family. If one ligament in your body is out of place, you know it. I dropped a piece of plywood on my toe at Home Depot the other day. I'm just saying I'm glad that nobody was in the aisle that I was in, all right? Let's just say that. It happened unexpectedly. It was one of those moments. Splinter. Ow! Dropped plywood. (laughs) Okay. So it was a painful moment. I've got a giant blue toenail right now, right? And the blueness is growing every day, and I feel it on every step. I normally don't think about my toenail, right? Normally don't think about it until my wife says, that's disgusting, please cut those things, right? (laughs) But I'm aware of my toenail in this moment because it's hurting. You are not insignificant. Your experiences are not insignificant. Your giftings are not insignificant. Every person has a part and has a role. And when you're hurting, the body knows it. And they're here to serve you. And as they serve you, you're able to know who more of God is. And the beautiful thing about God's family is, is that as you begin to learn more who God is, they're growing just as much as you are. God is a generous God, and we cannot outgive him. Listen, Perry Noble, he's one of my favorite pastors to listen to because he's just an awesome guy and says whatever he wants to say. But he says all the time in his church that found people, find people. And that found people, serve people. Man, that's just the way it is. When you know who God is and you understand that he came and he rescued us. He didn't rescue you to sit on an island somewhere. But he rescued you to be a part of this massive story that you, like this crazy little yellow guy up there, maybe you don't have this amazing gift, but Maisie, maybe you've just been called to a moment to bring people together. And as you've been called in that moment, you discover that you have the perfect gift to help that family grow the way they need to grow. And as you do that, you grow. By the end of the movie, he's a master builder. Before the thing started, he couldn't even build anything unless he had a manual in front of him. He grew because he helped other people to grow. He came and he served. We are are to come and to serve. He is generous. We are to be generous. And as the worship team comes up, I conclude with this last thought. He's a victorious hero. He's a victorious hero. In order to rescue us from this evil world in which we live. That's what he came to rescue us from, is this evil world. This evil world, what he's talking about is, is the present world, so the things that we do face, the things, the scary things that we face, the, 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 the pains and the sufferings and the tortures that we face in this life, those are all things that he came to save us from. But he also came in this world. This world is that there is a now and that there is a forever. And this world is deeper than that, that he came and he saved us from sin. He came and to save us from all of those things that keep us separated from Him. In this world, our sins. in this world, our sufferings. in this world, all the different random things that could distract us and keep us from God. our isolation, our inward focus, our selfishness, our wasted thoughts. He came to save us from all of those things, that world that keeps us from him. He invaded our world so that we could be a part of the world that he's building. And he's doing it through each and every one of us. That here in this life, we can experience him, know him, and experience the goodness of God and the heaven that we can taste here now. That we do that through relationship. We can do that through loving each other, caring for each other, and growing in who, our knowledge of who God is. By serving and loving and doing what he came to do. Because we're not alone in this thing. Yes, God is with us, and not only is God with us, but each and every one of us are here for each other to help Him to know each other, to know Him even that much more. He rescued us. He came that when you feel alone and you feel discouraged, that your thoughts are not what dominates your world. He came and he rescued you so that you can turn to him and say, God, I need you. Help me, encourage me, get those thoughts out of my head and then pick up a phone. Hey, I know you love Jesus. This is where I'm at please help me and that person's like I'm here to serve you I'm here to love you and as they speak the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ in your heart guess what you begin to grow and change and then they do as well and it becomes a cycle where all things happen for his glory and if you think that you're alone and that you were rescued just so that you could be alone And so that you could just go and wage some war as a lone soldier, that's not the truth of Jesus Christ. He came to rescue us, to seek and save the lost so that we could be his church and do his work and show his glory to this world. You're not alone. And what you have to give is everything that this church needs what you have to give is the very element that somebody else in this church needs to grow closer to Jesus and what you have to give is not only going to help them to grow closer to Jesus but they are going to help you grow closer to Jesus that's the way it works he was willing are you willing to run into whatever relationship whatever opportunity that God could give you he's gracious are you willing to be gracious knowing that whatever you give that you can't out give God that he's going to pour out more than you can even handle? You should be because if you know who Jesus Christ is, you'll know that he's a victorious hero and because he's victorious, we are victorious and so if you will stand to your feet today and let's worship God and thank him that he's victorious. That he's given us his son, and because he's given us his son, he's given us a family to be a part of. Because he's given us a family to be a part of, he's given us a way to know him, to love him, and experience him.